0: His name is Lyle Presler, punk rock legend and music industry vet. His name is Jim Shear, most tenured DJ in the history of music television. It's The Week in Music with Lyle and Jim, and it all starts now. Hello there, everybody. My name is Jim Shear. And my name is Lyle Presler, And welcome to the season finale of The Week in Music.
1: And, unla- and unlike and wait a minute, unlike Lauren Michaels, we actually do full shows. We do. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. We don't take breaks just because it's like the moon is full, you know, <laughs> or there's flag days going to happen or something like that. And we've told everyone that if we did this professionally, if someone was
0: paying us for this, we would do an episode every single week. Absolutely. Yeah, but but sometimes there's there's life that gets involved. See, and we can't do an episode. That's
1: true. You're saying that money trumps life. Ha, 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 ha. Well, no, but we, we,
0: do the, the, we do the things in life to make money, but if we could make money off this, then we wouldn't have to do X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. Yeah, if, if that makes sense. So basically, on today's episode, we are going to recap the year that was. But before we do that, there are some headlines this week. Yesterday, it was announced who is getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in April, which will be held at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Uh, Are you guys ready? Ready. Here goes. Uh, Pearl Jam, Tupac, Journey, Joan Baez, yes, and ELO, also known as Electric Light Orchestra.
1: We fine with that? Mm. (laughs) well let me just let me just point out first of all that as we've discussed many times i think the whole thing is just cockamamie i I, it, it was a nice idea when it started but then it got it got to the point where it was like all the criteria that you would normally apply to a hall of fame sort of just kind of drifted out into the ether and then mm-hmm. it became sort of people just sort of picking things out of the ether that they and then trying to fit them into it like you know oh maybe stapled yeah sure that's kind of rock and roll it's not kind of rock and roll and and you know I, and i appreciate the fact that you know ice cube said hey rock and roll is not a music it's a it's an idea and I thought mm-hmm. that was very well done by him and, and a great justification. And I have no problem, by the way, with anybody. It doesn't matter what you do or play or whatever it is, getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think it's great. If you like it, fantastic. Good for you. The problem is, is that year after year we go through this thing where they pick things and you, you, you either scratch your head as to try to figure out the, the rubric of, you know, how are we going to get this thing in? Or you just go, wow, that was an easy choice. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I would say is that I have no problem with Pearl Jam. I mean, they're a rock and roll band. They've been doing this for a long time, so that's fine. I have no problem with Tupac. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring in rap music right. into it, then you got to bring mm-hmm. him in, definitely, no question. Uh, Joan Baez, she even said, I don't consider myself a rock and roll artist, <laughs> but I guess if you want to factor in the folk movement, then I'll accept it. That's okay. Yes, I think, even though I'm not a fan, I think they should have been in a long time ago. They represent a part of rock music, the progressive mm-hmm. part of it. They were enormous band. They're still played on the radio. They're probably being played somewhere right now. And so that's that gives you something. ELO, I love them. I don't think that they rise to the level of being in. Um, I just don't. I I always like the fact that you know that Jeff Lynne said I couldn't be in the Beatles, so I invented ELO. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and I've I've always felt that that should be taken into consideration. As far as Journey is concerned, to me that's just the the kind of corporate rock that was decried at the time i realize that we've all got nostalgic about it but to me it's like you're gonna put them in then we i got a whole laundry list of corporate rock (laughs) bands that you could put in that all sold a lot of records okay Mm -hmm. so it's your criteria is what's bothering me i don't understand i mean is, is it about record sales Is it about impact is it about this um and I will say that one thing that was disturbing to me was that there was a piece online on Rolling Stone online that came out right after the the announcement and there was a picture of Tupac at the top and then there was the story and they went through each of the artists and they didn't mention Tupac at all. Hmm. Now I don't know how that got by an editor. Right. But it was ridiculous. And and it was even it even got into the musings of like well what are we going to do for the finale maybe we should do roundabout maybe we should do this maybe we should it's like are you kidding I mean you you just ignored one of the more notable nom I mean uh, um, uh, per- inductees inductees yeah exactly so I you know I find that kind of strange and I think you and you you know you know that now Rogers got in <laughs> sort of on well, a. I, A consolation card. Yeah, he's given an award. He will
0: be given an award for musical excellence, but his band Chic, uh, who has been on the ballot many times, is not getting in. Right. So does that mean Nile Rodgers is in the Hall of Fame? Or is it just like, sorry, man, Cheek didn't get in again, but we love you, so here's an award, and you can talk at the ceremony. Yeah. Or yeah,
2: is
1: he in? Yeah, I, I don't know. And and I thought his comment was great. He said, you know, it's like it's like being told, here's a lifeboat. The ship's sinking. Here's a lifeboat. But by the way, your family can't come with you. <laughs> Which I thought was b- a brilliant quote. You know. And, yeah. and, and I mean, I'm, I mean, he's trying to be magnanimous, and and he does deserve accolades for musical excellence. There's yeah, no so question about that.
3: But why him not just the put hall? His, Yeah,
1: put him in the band. Put the band in. I mean, you also had in that band, by the way, Bernard Edwards. You had Tony Thompson. You've got enough there to justify putting the band in. And and even you could even argue that those guys All were have done rock as well, so they're not just they're not like a an R and B band or 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 just a a funk band or just a disco band. Those people all had contributions to rock music. Well,
0: yeah, with things like this, I just feel like it's a club. It is. So who's ever in good with the club gets in, and if you're not in good with the club, then you don't get in. And think, yeah, there are some differing opinions. I, I think, for the most part, though, it's just it's the good old boy saying, "Yeah, like I love that, bay yeah, bring them aboard.
1: Come on." Yeah, I think th- I think that's very true, Jim. And I and and of course, you could say the same thing. I and mean, people say the same thing about the baseball Hall of Fame. I mean, well, yeah, you, you can say it about any Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, like Albert Bell, or the Grammy Awards, yeah. or the Academy Awards. Well, in, in baseball, I mean, they always talk about Albert Bell. Why he's not in because the the, the writers hated him because he was a, he was kind of a jackass, and mm-hmm. and yet Ty Cobb's in, and and Ty mm-hmm. Cobb was a notable racist. So, <laughs> I mean, you're right. It's a club, and if you're a member of the club, then I guess you get in, and if you're not, then you've got to wait until the club changes mm-hmm. and the club will change. Have you ever gone to an induction ceremony? I have. Yes. It, uh, it doesn't feel very rock and roll. No. Yeah. No, it feels, it feels like a dinner, uh, an industry dinner where people are constantly walking around. People are, uh, and you're supposed to stay in your seats because if it's being filmed, they don't want people milling about, you know, Hmm. um, it feels at times like no one really cares what's going on on stage. It's more like, oh, look, there's so and so. Oh, look, hey, I got to go over and talk to so and so because I may need a job next year. <laughs> That's what it feels like. And it and I think it's I think the, the the couple times I've gone, I've I've always felt it's sort of a shame because this is supposed to be a celebration of what's happening up there on yeah. the stage and the people who are the the absolute drivers of the whole thing. And it comes off more like, "Eh, you know, we're just getting together. We're just kicking the shit around. And you know, Oh, by the way, there's Bono, you know? Yeah.
0: just, there's a lot of old white guys walking around. Well, that's, that's another problem. Like as soon as you meet eyes with them, they intimidate you. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, this doesn't
4: feel right. Yeah.
0: Rock and roll is supposed to be fun and rebellious and
1: loose and it
0: doesn't feel like that here.
1: No, no. Which is why, which is yeah. why, I mean, you really do have to, again, I understand the idea of creating the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't really think that it's a viable concept because I think at a certain point, after you get through, well, we got to do the Beatles, we got to do the Rolling Stones, we got to do this, we gotta, it, it, you go through all the giants and then you go, okay, what do we do now? And then you start sort of inventing ideas about what it's supposed to mean. And I, I don't know. And I, all I'd say is, I guess if you care at all about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you should just go to Cleveland and go to it. So you can yeah. see all the stuff and you can you can soak in all the the information and the, the costumes and the guitars and all the rest of it. And you should just do that and forget about who's getting in because it doesn't really yeah,
0: matter. Yeah, and if you do go to the Hall of Fame in Cleveland... It's shaped like a triangle, mm. so I always tell everyone, start on the top floor, and then go to the bottom. Yeah, there you go. Because the f- the first time I went, I went to the bottom, and then the higher you go, the less there is, and you get to the top, and you think it's going to be this great thing, <laughs> and then it's only an exhibit or two. and You're like, oh, that's kind of a letdown. Right. So start at the top, and then work your way down to the bottom. That's the way to do it. All right. Words of yeah. wisdom. <laughs> So this week, and I know this brought a tear to Lyle Pressler's eyes, uh, immediately after her contract ended, Camille Cabello left Fifth Harmony. Although, she says when the group announced her departure on social media, that's the first she heard about it. (laughs) Now, this conspiracy theory makes no sense, since Cabello is probably the most popular singer in the group. I would say so. What does your daughter have to say about this? She could
1: probably give us the lowdown. Well, you know, actually, when when we told her that it was official, and she's sort of known that it's probable that she's leaving. Yeah,
3: because
0: she has a solo song out, and earlier this summer she missed a, a show.
1: Right. So, right. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, the writing was on the wall. Yeah. Exactly. But when 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 I told her, hey, it's official, she went, yay! <laughs> and I said, What do you mean? She goes, Oh, I love her and I think she's gonna be fine. I was like, All right, there you go. And she will be. Yeah.
0: This is her apprenticeship is done. Exactly. Follow in the footsteps of Beyonce and Justin Timberlake. There you go. And Michael Jackson. And Niall. <laughs> and, and Zane. She can yeah, she can get a a, a music. <laughs> And Zane, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. I, but uh, I don't get the he says, she said stuff because her contract was done. Yeah. And she yeah. left, and the group would benefit from her staying. So why would she even say, I only heard about it when they, they, they put out the, the social media post. Oh, I don't I, understand why I mean, they would I, say that.
1: I, I think that's ridiculous. I think that's just designed well, maybe to per, generate yeah, some maybe more. Maybe she personally... Didn't hear it, but her managers knew, I'm, like her people. Yeah, I would sure. I'm sure that when they tried to renegotiate the contract and it didn't work out, that she probably knew, or at least her people knew. Yeah. So, uh, fly, Kamia, fly, fly.
0: So, as his presidency winds down, President Barack Obama signed a law making ticket buying bots illegal. So this will make it more difficult for scalpers to bundle up on tickets, and it should theoretically make it easier for concert goers to buy tickets at face value. Hmm. So that's that's a good law. Yeah, I'm I down think with it's that it's good. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I mean, how will
0: the the scalpers respond? Because there's companies that have the ticket buying bots that will just scoop up the tickets once they go on sale. So is there? A, I would
1: imagine there's a way to police this. Yeah, see, that's what I don't understand. I mean, what's the enforcement mechanism in that? You know, it's fi- you can pass any law you want. It's just, can you enforce the law? hmm I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I don't know. i I, I got to plead ignorance on this. I don't really understand how that works. I mean, I get the, I get the basic technological concept of buying mm-hmm. up the tickets using computers and then trying to, you know, trying to somehow corner the market, if you will. Um, but I don't know what you do. How do you defeat that? And, what does and then it really couldn't
0: mean? a scalping company or a, a ticket broker just hire a bunch of people and just have them online? Yeah, exactly. So they're not bots. They're, I guess they're human bots, right? Uh, which isn't as sophisticated, but they could still snatch up a bunch of tickets
1: before regular oh, yeah. people and, can and I'm, buy I'm tickets online. Pretty confident they're they're working on that now. Yeah. So if you need a so, job, you could probably... <laughs> probably yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe
0: I can be a human ticket bot in 2017. <laughs> I got so two. I, I, I got two. This.
1: <laughs> Good seats. Down uh, low. I,
0: yeah. We, yeah, we could do that online. Instead of sitting out in front of the venue, we can just do that, you know, in different social media circles. Mm-hmm. So I read about this last night. Rachel Owen, and a lot of you probably aren't familiar with that name. Uh, that is Tom York's longtime partner and mother of his two children. She passed away from cancer at the age of 48. Uh, the two were together for 23 years. They split in 2015, and it is said that their breakup heavily influenced Radiohead's album, A Shaped Pull. And the two were rarely photographed in public, mm. so they lived a very private life. Right. So um, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, Lyle, we will officially talk about the best and worst moments of 2016. So don't Yin's guys go anywhere. Jim Shear with Lyle Presler. We are back on the season finale of The Week in Music, looking back at uh, the year that was, 2016. So, Lyle, I'm going to throw out some headlines of the year, Mm. and uh, feel free to talk about some. Feel free to say next. Uh, My biggest headline of 2016 was Axl Rose turning a new leaf. Mm. So not only did he joined forces with Slash and Duff and go out on a Guns N' Roses tour. But he also became the frontman of ACDC. And after the first Guns N' Roses show, he broke his foot. That was a perfect excuse to say, you know what, I'm done. I'm not going through with it. But he got Dave Grohl's recovery thrown, sat on it for a few months, and then when he got healthy, he rocked out again. And uh, as far as I know, he didn't miss any shows. He was on time. And uh, he made lots of money
1: in 2016. I, I have to say, it's it's one of the great surprises. It just means you you can never necessarily write people off. Um, I think I guess <clears throat> you know just to use that time worn thing. I guess he just grew up, Jim. He grew up. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I. He did. You know, I mean, you have to remember if you if you know anything about the history of of Guns and Roses. I mean, that was a crazy thing. I mean, th- these these kids were like they were hard partiers they were c- kind of crazy they made they they made a record that blew up and became one of the biggest records in rock music in history mm-hmm. um and and it would it would have taken extraordinary forbearance on their parts not to disintegrate and and they and he sort of did but i guess somewhere along the line he kind of grew up a little bit or figured out some of the things that were bothering him and he's and he he always had talent. So, yeah. He found the he you know, he, he tapped back into the talent and kept the rest of it down and I'm I'm proud of him. That's great. And he did an
0: interview this year with a uh, a journalist I think in the UK and the journalist asked well, why how did this come about? Why did you do this? And he said, "Well, Coachella approached us." We all said, hey, oh, okay, oh yeah, okay, let's do it. So Coachella hmm. was actually the force that put this into motion. Who knew? Who knew? Because that was the comeback show, the, the two weekends right. at Coachella. Right. And then they they played all year, and they're going to play some more shows in 2017. So I thought, while this was going on, Kanye West, everybody was raving about his live show. And I thought this is such a strange year. Axl Rose is playing nice. Kanye West is playing nice. People talking about his live show, but that did not last for long, because um, I think it was a concert stop in Sacramento. He just he went off on one of his rants, and then he dissed Jay Z and Beyonce. Had a breakdown. And he he has canceled the rest of his Life of Pablo shows in the United States, and it was just announced that he has canceled his European dates as well. Oh, really? Really? I didn't know
1: that, yeah. Uh, But then he hung out with President-elect Donald Trump last week. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, Kanye, in many ways, Kanye is sort of like an Axel, Um Kind of yeah. a whirlwind thing. I mean, Kanye's still fairly young. Um, maybe he'll figure his stuff out. Um, the question will be, ultimately, can he retap into his creativity? I mean, the one thing that people probably don't understand, if you haven't hung out with a lot of these people, is that most of them are crazy in, in a way. Um it's it's, yeah. it's a kind of the creativity part of it is an all-consuming thing. I used to say to people when I worked in the record business like remember one thing, you guys work here and you get a paycheck. Okay? And at the end of the day, whenever the end of the day is, you go home and you get up on Saturday morning, you do what you're going to do and whatever. For the musicians, it's non-stop. It's constant. It's never there's never a moment where you break away from that. It's you're always on you're not getting a paycheck every day just to do a job and I think it's very difficult and and so a lot of musicians have all sorts of issues going on and I think Kanye is a person who's clearly in, in at least in my opinion clearly a genius but there's a tortured genius there and can he come out of the tortured part of it and still be be a genius and that's kind of the hard thing, because sometimes people come out of their personal issues and they can't find it anymore. So we'll mm-hmm. s- we'll see with Kanye. I mean, uh, but then again, apparently meeting with Donald Trump is something that almost anybody can do. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: if you like your rock stars, Kanye West had the most rock star year. Oh yes, because that that tag rock star comes with both music, live performances, and drama. And Kanye West had all of those, all of them. I mean, take for take for example his festival stop in Queens. Uh, after about an hour into his set, he said, "Hey, I have to go," and he leaves stage. So you get an hour Kanye show. He leaves stage, and then you find out that his wife was robbed at gunpoint in a Paris jewelry heist. Right. So you're like,
4: wow, "Wow!" So I mean,
0: you don't get more rock star than that. You don't. You do not get. And more then he rock meets star. with the president at the end of the year, right? <laughs> so. Arguably, uh, Beyonce maybe had the best 2016. She puts out another surprise visual album, and she sells out stadiums like it's nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. And she played at the Super Bowl. Yep. She's untouchable. Yep. And then she performed at the VMAs. Bulletproof. Uh, It was it was Rihanna's night, but she got a 15 minute medley. Yep. Yep. When did yeah? When you said bulletproof? When is there a come down for Beyonce?
1: You know, that's one of those things that's always interesting to me because if you're a solo artist, okay, so you're not, you're not relying on other people to do what you do. You're not beholden to other, I mean, what you are, but I mean, you're not beholden to specific people who make music with you. In the case of Beyonce, she can just call anybody up and say, Hey, you want to work with me? Sure. Fine. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would fantasize if I was one of those people of just saying, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna take ten years off. <laughs> or I'm just gonna I'm no I'm I'm just gonna go be a person now. You know, I've I've proven everything, I've done everything. But of course, that again works against the create creative sensibility that these people have. I mean, it's it's the old argument like, why does Paul McCartney continue to make music? It's horrible. Because that's all he knows. That's what he is. When he gets up in the morning, you know, he's eating his toast and he's going, I got an idea. It may be a bad idea, but I have one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. But I would, if I were someone like Beyonce, I would just go, you know what? Hey, peace out. Have, yeah. f- have fun for a while. I might come Although- back at some point, but I might not. Although, Lyle, I liked uh, Paul McCartney's
0: new album.
1: Oh yeah, no, no. I that mean, he put out a couple of years listen, ago. Listen, he's still he's still capable of it. It's just that it's just that the problem is is that he feels the obligation to keep doing it over and over and over again. And at a certain point, it starts to decline to the point where you're like, eh, I just wish he'd stop. But then again, what, it's not for me to say whether he should stop because yeah. that's what he is. It's not like he's going to go become. A certified public accountant tomorrow morning. I mean, it's just not, that's not it. Okay. So, but I think, I think I've always thought it would be fantastic to be someone like Beyonce and then just say, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to go away. I'm going to live a normal, well, a fairly normal life. And yeah, and I'll figure it out as we go along. So, I want to know if,
0: yeah, I want to know if Beyonce is going to continue to get more Radiohead on us or if she'll ever make big singles again. Yeah, that's a good question. I would love to hear some more big singles from Beyonce. Um, Hamilton. Dang, man. What can you say? A a Broadway musical that crossed over into mainstream music. Won a Grammy. Lin-Manuel Miranda hosted SNL. He was on the cover of Rolling Stone. There was a Hamilton mixtape where everybody wanted to participate. Do you ever remember a musical getting this much buzz in the music industry?
1: No. No, I mean, I, I I guess if you go back, I don't I don't know, but if you go back and you you go back to the hair days, you know, maybe mm-hmm. there was sort of the Jesus Christ superstar days, something like that. I have no idea how if you'd have to go back and sort of read through what was said and everything, but no, I don't think so. And and I have to say, I did I did have the opportunity to see it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it, 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 I have to say that it lived up to every expectation that one really? could for Yeah, I, I thought it was just in, incredibly well done, and, and, and really, I mean, mir- miraculous in the way he conceived it, because that's just the oddest, if someone came to you and said, okay, here's what I'm gonna do, <laughs> I'm gonna do the life of Alexander, who? You know, the guy on the bills, you know, that dude? Okay, yeah, does he have a monument in D.C.? no. Uh, um, okay i'm gonna do his life and i'm gonna do it sort of more or less like a pop rap thing you you just go get out of my office you know <laughs> i mean get get out so i given that the conception of it is so oblique and obscure once you actually mm-hmm. see it being done you go oh it's not it's perfectly natural it's perfectly normal so and and man this this guy is gonna <laughs> regardless of whatever else he does in his life this is now going to continue for decades they already mm-hmm. have touring companies they're yeah. opening in dc they're opening all over the place it's it's going to go on and i actually feel sorry for him because now he's got to sit there and go what do i do now and i know yeah. he i know he has ideas and i'm and i good luck yeah. you know good luck but that's hard. <laughs> I can't wait to see
0: this uh, at a high school musical level. Exactly. (laughs) Or not even that. When your local high school does it. Even lower than that, like community theater. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, speaking of big years, James Corden also had a big year. Uh, He scored big with Carpool Karaoke. So that seems like the in thing to do uh, when you have an album coming out. Or if an artist wants to get social media impressions. Absolutely. Uh, Did you have any favorite carpool karaoke's in 2016? I liked the Madonna one a lot. I I did see it. I thought it was... And uh, your critique was spot on because you said, you know, it was great, it was fun, but... Her accent kept going in and out, (laughs) and I thought, "Come on, Lyle, that's nitpicking." And then when I watched him, like, "No, (laughs) no, it's not nitpicking.
1: (laughs) That's nitpicking, isn't it? Um, No, it's 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 yeah. That's that's the one thing about it that's kind of crazy. But I thought I thought most of them were good. Um, The Justin Bieber one was good. Um, I, I think the thing about him, which is great, is that he's incredibly disarming. And so I think if you mm-hmm. hung out with him for five minutes, you'd find yourself telling him things that you haven't told anybody. He's mm-hmm. just one of those guys, you know? He's just one of those people who people seem to feel very comfortable with, and he manages to get you to just open yourself up enough to do it, to, to do that bit. So and that's a talent. I don't understand how he memorizes all of those See, that's, songs. See, that's another thing that I don't get. Okay, because I was sitting there when he was doing all the Madonna stuff, especially because they did they did a lot of songs. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, does he have a teleprompter in there? Because <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just I'm I was marveling at that, marveling at it. So because he sings,
0: and he's a great singer. Mm-hmm. Like there was one where he was singing with Stevie Wonder, and I thought, how do you <laughs> sing and then pay attention to the road and then not get nervous that you're sitting next to
1: Stevie Wonder and singing his songs? Well, I, I think I, I heard from someone who works on the show, or maybe you told me this, that they drive yeah. really, really slowly. <laughs>
0: they drive slow, and there's a lead car right. in front of them, and then there's, the, there's a caboose in the back. But so. I wouldn't
1: be surprised if at some point he smashes into the car in front of him. <laughs> I mean, not not fast or anything, not dangerously, right. but I he mean, bumps it. He's got to bump mm-hmm. it at some point. you know. They could have used an insert car. If you don't know what an insert car is, you've seen a lot of movies from... Uh, especially from the '70s, uh, they put a car on a trailer, and, mm-hmm. and they rig up cameras, and basically you're towed.
3: So mm-hmm. you're
1: not actually driving; you're just sort of pretending to drive, because it's all but f- right now. He actually drives. Yeah, I know he does, which yeah, is which is kind drives. of amazing because it's. I would think it's extremely difficult, as you say, to drive, to pay attention to what you have to do to drive, and to sing, and to try to engage the person next to you and to hit all those lyrics. Oh, I know. It's it's I mean, maybe he has, you know, maybe he has one of those photographic memories things going on. Yeah, cuz there was a, a time in my life where I thought
0: that I might be able to host a late night show. And when I see James Corden, I thought no way, man. Like <laughs> right right. <laughs> no way in a million years could I do that.
1: Although, I think it's like anything else, Jim. It's it there's a learning curve to it, and I think that if you're allowed enough time to figure it out, like Conan was terrible when he started, you know. He he really was just so awkward and so. And then he kind of found the groove and figured out how to do it. So, <laughs> and Jimmy Fallon, that guy was
0: terrible when he started, yeah. and he still is. And he
1: still is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, he. I'm not a fan of Fallon. Although he seems like a nice guy, but I I think when you have a team of A list producers and writers and the Roots as your backing band, I think you'd be all right. Uh, yeah. It yeah. makes your job easier. Yeah. So uh, Janet Jackson. She's pregnant at the age of 50. Mm. She had to uh, cancel her world tour this year because she wanted to plan a family and then she later announced that she's pregnant. That is fantastic so for her. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations and I, to I, Janet.
1: I, and she was actually a nominee for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um and I hope that she'll get in one day because I actually do I'm I'm not, you know, a huge fan or anything, but I do think that she had an enormous impact Yes. On, especially on women in music. I mean, yes. you know, the Rhythm Nation, like that, that changed a lot of the way videos were done, the way choreography was done. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, at some point, the uh, learned folks at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, need to seriously consider her.
0: Well, you know they also they're also in it for the TV side of it, so maybe they thought, oh, Janet she's pregnant, she's going <laughs> to give birth, so maybe <laughs> next year, next year we'll have her right. In. Um, Taylor Swift uh, becomes the first female to win a, a second album of the year Grammy. Now, there's a little footnote. I think Allison Krauss and uh, maybe it was Nora Jones, are part of two Album of the Year Grammys, but uh, oh, okay. as a solo artist, like her albums, Taylor Swift has won two, and she let everyone know that uh, during her speech after she won. <laughs> right. She's like, as being the, the first female to win this twice. Yeah. yeah. But hey, that, that, that's saying something, and I, I don't think many artists have won it twice. I think there's mm-hmm. only maybe four or five. I think Frank Sinatra's done it. U two's done it, and Stevie Wonder's done it. Oh, okay, and so she's in good company. Else. Oh, yeah, great company. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it, you know, I mean, I, I, we talked about you know what Beyonce will do. Well, what will Taylor Swift do? I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? Mm-hmm. It's like I, it's. I mean, she's really young. Um, Was she twenty seven? Um I, think, I mean she's yeah it's, yeah so I, mid I, mid 20s yeah I don't know what she's going to do but the train keeps on a rolling Yeah and every it seems like
0: there's always a year and a half of hardcore Taylor Swift stuff going on and then there's you know a little bit di- there's like a dip this year mm-hmm. just because her tour was over and she's she's back in the studio so I'm sure once she releases a new album it'll be full force Taylor Swift again Oh yeah uh, Stairway to Heaven went to trial this year. Jimmy Page and Robert Plant showed up in court. Why couldn't I be a juror on that trial? <laughs> and uh, Stairway to Heaven won. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Against it was the I, I I mixed it up throughout the year. The song Taurus. Taurus. Yeah, it was from uh, the band Spirit. Spirit. Randy California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and if you missed our episode earlier this year, Lyle went through everything. He said, okay, well, there was Taurus, but then there was a song from that blues musician, Mm -hmm. and then before that, there was a 16th or 17th century (laughs) Italian composition that sounded like uh, Stairway to Heaven. And I think in the trial, the jurors weren't allowed to hear the songs back-to-back, but they brought in an expert musician, and he played Taurus... And then he played Stairway to Heaven.
1: Wow, I'd like that. Which would—that's w- a good I, gig. It,
0: it would have been awesome, though. I—I I know, but what would have been awesome if they said Jimmy Page,
1: like you do, Stairway to Heaven? And I'm like,
0: yes, this is the greatest jury duty
1: ever. Yeah, they, they, the, the thing is, they wouldn't do that because they that would tend to taint the jury, you know. Yeah. If he's going like, yeah, you know, like, I did this, and then I did this, and then i watch this part here, which he would do, of course, you know. And he'd probably get the violin bow out, and he'd go like, watch this part. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're done. Yeah, yeah. Zeppelin
0: <laughs> wins. wins. Exactly. Now, a, a story that didn't get a lot of press in 2016— and I'm curious as to it, why, why it wasn't a bigger deal. Africa Bambaataa was accused of child molestation. Uh, a former bodyguard said that he was with hundreds of boys, mm. and there were three men who backed the claim. And I remember hearing an interview once, I think it was from Ad Rock, and he said that hip-hop is the only genre where they don't really care about the past. It's like let's just keep moving forward. It's all about now. Really, and you could have like a 20 year old MC who doesn't give a crap about Run DMC or KRS One, because it's always hip hop is about
1: what's happening now. Right. So it, is that why we didn't hear about it? Yeah, I, I was wondering about that when I when I saw that you were gonna talk about this. I I was thinking to myself, and I didn't have time to even you know kind of research it. But whatever happened with that. But you might have hit on something there, Jim, because I I think there there's a kind of echo chamber thing. You know, if it, if in the community itself they're not talking about it a lot, I think it t- it tends to die now. Whether it's still you know being investigated or in the system, um, it, it remains to be seen. But and and if there's a development, then obviously the mainstream press might pick it up. But I also think that. There's a kind of embarrassment level that comes along with it. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. in that community and you find out that one of your heroes might be involved in something, it's kind of like when the Pete Townsend thing broke, you know? And mm-hmm. I remember being sort of apoplectic about it. Like, this cannot be true. Like, I, and fortunately, it wasn't. But but it was, it, I could see how people were sort of closing the ranks and kind of going, I don't want, I don't want to talk about this. I'm not going to get mm-hmm. into, I'm not going to get involved in this because it's too hard to kind of put your head around it. And I think to some extent, Cosby's been sort of the same way, you know, because although there've been more people who have been willing to talk about it, it's, it's gotten a lot more press because of the level. Now, African Bombada is well known within the musical community, but outside of it, that's a name most people wouldn't recognize. Mm-hmm. So I think for that reason it also doesn't gain traction because people aren't saying like oh yeah that guy I know that's so famous might have been involved in something. So I do, I just don't Good. think it has that kind of frisson to it. And I don't think a lot of the the godfathers of hip hop have a lot of
0: money. Right. And if they did, I would imagine that Africa Bambata would slap this bodyguard with a defamation suit. Right. Wouldn't that seem like the logical thing to do? That would seem like
1: the logical thing to do. If you're protesting your innocence and you've only got this one person or, you know, he's the main person, yeah, you would do that. And is he not slapping him with a defamation suit because he doesn't have the money to or he thinks it'll just take too long in court? Who knows? I mean, listen, you can go to lawyers and they can say, yeah, sure, we'll do it. Um, You got to give us a retainer and you got to do this and you got to do that um there are other people who would say yeah i'll do it on spec but then again mm-hmm. remember this if you're going to if you're going to sue your former bodyguard for defamation what's the price tag you're going to put on that and is that person ever going to be able to pay that right so if you, if, yeah. you i can sue you for 100 million dollars you don't have it mm-hmm. so what's going to happen if i spend legal fees based on the idea of getting 100 million dollars and you end up giving me $10,000, that's not really going to work. Right. So there's a lot of practicality involved there. Yeah, so we'll see if there's any more to that story
0: in 2017. Now, 2016 was marked and will probably be most remembered for icons dying, Mm. most notably David Bowie and Prince. Mm. Like, how do we finish a year with both? David Bowie and Prince dying. And also, people would say Glenn Frey. Yeah, there's Merle Merle Haggard, Glenn Frey from the Eagles, Leonard Cohen, Fife Dog, Sharon Jones from the Dap Kings, Maurice White from Earth, Wind, and Fire, Leon Russell, Greg Lake from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Paul Kantner from Jefferson Airplane, John Barry of the Beastie Boys, Craig Strickland who was a young country artist, Bobby V, Natalie Cole, she died on New Year's Eve, Frank Sinatra Jr., Prince B from PM Dawn, Rod Temperton, he's the man who composed Thriller, Mm. Nick Menza from Megadeth, Mm. who actually died while playing drums on stage Mm. this year, Alan Vega from Suicide, Pete Burns from Dead or Alive, everybody knows the 80s classic, You Spin Me Round, Uh, Bernie Worrell from Parliament Funkadelic, George Martin, who worked with the Beatles, considered the fifth Beatle. Jerry Heller from NWA and Lou Perlman from the Backstreet Boys. That's a lot of people. A lot of people. Mm. And I think you said, and Alan Light has
1: also said this, it's only the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at these people who are moving into their 60s and 70s and who lived very hard lives um and who had probably very little health care or health maintenance as the insurance companies will say uh over the years i mean these are not people who said hey you know what it's time for my yearly physical um they were people who just sort of ran around and did what they did and i think you're going to start seeing a lot more I, I, i i mean you think of some legends that
0: are still around And not to jinx them or anything, but Chuck Berry is still alive.
1: (laughs) Little Richard is still alive. Keith
0: Richards. Keith Richards, Keith Richards.
1: Lewis. Keith Richards, who in an interview, I I think we talked about that interview, he he went down the list. He goes, can you believe this? I'm going to read a list of people who are dead and I'm still alive. Can you figure this out? (laughs) And then even in the
0: the sports world, we lost Muhammad Ali, Gordie Howe, Arnold Palmer... Pat Summit, who is the maybe one of the greatest female basketball coaches yep. of all time. So uh, yeah, a big year for loss all around. And then uh, quickly, I want to talk about some of the uh, records of the year, or I guess albums is the the official term because uh, records, according to the uh, <laughs> the the Grammy Academy, is uh, come a come on, recording. come on. If, you so, could, if you're could... going to do those seminars, you got to like get this lingo down, man. <laughs> Did you have any favorite albums of the year or were you just kind of listening to songs throughout 2016?
1: I think that's probably one of the problems is that you end up just listening to songs now. It's like we're back mm-hmm. in the, it's, it's back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. People don't know that back in the 50s, they would only release singles and then they would compile them into an album. So, for instance, most people living in the United States, all they heard was the Beatles' new singles as they came out in the 60s. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the year, they would say, okay, here's a, here's a, here's a record. And it was actually um, the Beatles and the Beach Boys and a, a few others who said, no, 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 we're going to actually create 12 songs or 10 songs. And it's going to work as a cohesive piece. And we're mm-hmm. going to put that out. Be- because before that, albums were symphonic. So you would have the entire symphony, you know, because you have to do the whole thing. You can't just do a piece of it and then say, like, you know, here it is. It's part the, the, mm-hmm. It's part of a whole thing. So, but we're now back to this idea of just we're putting out singles all the time. And then we're figuring out how they appear. And, you know, we've gotten back to this EP concept, which, yeah. you know, well, we're going to release three songs and... And, and yet there's still people clinging to the album idea, you know, that, that I'm, I, I'm, I wrote 10 songs and they all fit together in a certain way on this record and you have to listen to them in, you know, one after another. But for the most part nowadays, people don't consume music that way. So yeah. I would
0: have to say... It's, it's getting more difficult for me to come up with a, a top 10 albums list each year. Right. And a lot of it is fudging. Yeah, right. Like, all right. You know, I like four songs off this album. All right, this will be my this will be number seven album of right. two thousand sixteen. Uh, but the critics, uh, it's funny. I'll, I'll read all the critics' list, and I'm like, all right, here are the the critics, uh, the critics' top albums of the year: Lemonade from Beyonce. They love that. Uh, Life of Pablo from Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Blonde from Frank Ocean. Right. Coloring Book from Chance the Rapper. Teens of Denial from Car Seat Headrest. A Seat at the Table from Solange. A Moon-Shaped Pull from Radiohead. Critics loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, Black Star from David Bowie. That's topping a lot of critics' lists. Mm -hmm. You Want It Darker from Leonard Cohen. Mm -hmm. And then, I I like this one. Uh, We got it from here. Thank you for your service from A Tribe Called Quest.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So you'll see a lot of those on Pitchfork yeah, yeah. and all of the important journalists y- top albums. You will,
1: but like you look at things like Blue and Lonesome the Rolling Stones and and I just think to me it's like whatever. I yeah. mean, That's I mean the number I mean seven
0: album I, of the year for Rolling Stones. I
1: have, Stone. I have I mean, it's not that I have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. And I think it's it's a logical thing for them to do. Let's just go back and let's just do what we did at the very beginning. Let's just let's just do a bunch of blues songs and you know where we started. And I think that's fine, but I can't, how is that a top record? I mean, it's, well, yeah, it's, it's not. It's like, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where, I mean, listen, people can have whatever listening taste they want to. I just can't imagine going back to that record over and over again. If I'm sitting there and I really want to hear the Rolling Stones, I'm putting on Sticky Fingers, I'm putting on, I'm not putting that on. (laughs) <laughs> i mean i'll listen to, i'll listen to it if i'm a fan i'll listen to it and i'll go yeah 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 this is fine it's great but it's not like that it doesn't stand out in any way shape or form but i think that people again we talk about nostalgia all the time i think it's all about that it's all about nostalgia let's let, you know let's and to some extent even with things like the white album weezer that's a that's nostalgia too
0: hey I know that was I know, good. I know, that, but that's it's, my number 2 album, 2016. But it's, but it's still
1: nostalgia. It's it's still like, you know, it's still
0: nostalgia, but even calling it the at White the end album. of the day <laughs> True, but at the end of the day, they have three or four new songs that they can play live for years and years to come. True, absolutely. Like, I and doubt you, the Rolling Stones are going to play anything from Blue and Lonesome. Right.
1: And and you could argue, you could argue that in in a, in a depleted rock world, that that's one of the better things that was produced this year in rock.
0: Yeah, yeah, because Green Day and Metallica put out albums, right? Forgettable. Yep. Like they're fun to listen to, but they're not memorable. And five years from now, I don't know if you have any songs from Revolution Radio or Hardwired to Self-Destruct that are going to make their set list or or, Cal- I'll be or, at, or I'll California or California like the lead from Blink lead too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then um, just to make a point. Uh, a lot of critics have David Bowie and Leonard Cohen's albums uh, in their top 10 or top five. And I-, I liked both of those albums. I don't think they're top 10 material. Loretta Lynn released her 47th <laughs> studio album this year called "Full Circle." She's 84 yes. years old. Yes. She didn't die, and
1: her album is nowhere to be found. It, which is it, it, inc- yeah. I mean, if you're going to and again, we were talking about criteria here, criteria. So, the mm-hmm. criteria for uh, for Blackstar, the criteria for You Want It Darker is largely based on legacy and death. hmm And as you point out, here's Loretta Lynn. She's not dead. <laughs> and, and if she did die, her album would have been top five. Right, right. Exactly. And that's a shame.
0: That's a damn shame. Now, Alan, Alan Light, because I kind of grilled him on it yesterday... Mm-hmm. His number one album of the year is Black Star from David Bowie and he said I only had 2 days to listen to that album as sort of a regular album but for the rest of the year it played out as the the closing chapter of David Bowie's musical career. So he listened to it as sort of like this final goodbye and because David Bowie died it elevated the album. Right. And I said okay, I can see that. That makes sense. So he didn't pick it just
1: because David Bowie died. He's like, it took on a new level because he died. No, I, listen, I totally understand that. It's sort of like, um, I mean, in my experience, th- there are certain songs that take on enormous weight when you look at what happened right after those songs were released. If someone mm-hmm. died, if some, if the band broke up, if, if, if any number of things could have happened, or if something happened in your life, okay. And mm-hmm. and suddenly those thing those things that were fine and good they suddenly are elevated. I totally get that. The problem I also have with with critics in general is that there's very few critics out there, and you know God bless them. But there's very few of them, including me, who really want to buck the trend all the time. You know, yeah. it takes a lot of guts to buck the trend, and, and depending on where you're working, bucking the trend may be a bad career move. That's true. You know? Um, and, and I don't know about Rolling Stone now, but in the old days of Rolling Stone, everything I've heard is, man, you buck the trend, you better be damn right or you're out of a job. Mm-hmm. Or you're out of a job, you know? Because there was a certain party line that prevailed, and if you didn't tow it, you could be on your butt. So I, I think there's... a. You talked about the club. There's a lot of a club there, too. You know? Mm-hmm. But I don't think... And I, I don't think... That Black Star will be remembered as a David Bowie thing going forward. I, I think yeah, twenty we, years from now, no one's even going to—that's going to be absolute footnote. Um, yeah, we we shall see. Yeah, only
0: time will tell. I think a lot of younger people might hook onto, you know, Ziggy Stardust mm-hmm. and. His older stuff, and then kind of come around to Black Star. Well, sure, sure. Say, okay, I mean, this is how it ended. Yeah. Yeah, but I think in the, the scope of things, it's not going to be regarded as one of his you know, greatest pieces of art. No. But it'll always be his last piece of art. Absolutely. Uh, any birthdays today, Lyle? You know what? On we the were, shortest day of the year. we
1: were. It's funny, I, I have the suspicion that a lot of women decided, you know what? I'm not giving birth today. I'll either I'll either hold it in all the way through Christmas or I'll I'll try to get ourselves close to Christmas so that we can have a child on Christmas. You know, or Hanukkah or whatever it might be, but um so it's slim pickings today, but speaking of picking, <laughs> Albert Lee <laughs> Albert Lee, the British guitar player, uh, known for his hybrid picking style, which involves using both his, a pick and his fingers, um, mm. who has played, is one of the great guitar players that no one knows, but certainly the guitar players who know, know the Eric Clapton's, the Jimmy Page's of the world, and many others, including Emmylou Harris, know him well. He is 73 years old and apparently still going strong. Um, and just because he identifies as a musician, Kiefer Sutherland is 50 years old, and uh, when he's on stage, you can say that he both plays and tortures people at the same time. <laughs> and that's about there it. There you go. All right. It's, yeah. Well, you know what? It's the shortest day of the year. There you go.
0: Shortest list of the year. Yeah. It's going to be pretty dark. Look, it's already turning dark outside right now. <laughs> right. So, um this will be the the last time of the year where we talk about the top songs and albums. So the number one single on the Billboard Hot One Hundred, still Black Beatles from Ray Shermer featuring Gucci Mane for a sixth straight week. And Lyle, did you know that throughout the course of two thousand sixteen there have only been ten songs that have hit number one? Really? Well because, yeah, a lot of, of, because
1: of Drake, basically.
0: Yeah, One Dance from Drake right. and then Closer from the Chainsmokers was number 1 for 12 weeks. Okay. Um Work from Rihanna was number 1 for a handful of weeks. Right. Black Beatles has been number 1 for 6 weeks. I think uh Cheap Cheap Thrills from Sia was number 1 for a couple weeks. Then Adele had some number ones. Uh Justin Bieber had two number ones this year. So a lot of chart okay, hogs. Well, let me ask you a question. Let me
1: ask you a question about Black Beatles specifically. Uh, and I have now listened to this song more times than I care to say. But <laughs> um but I was gonna if you put a hundred people in a room mm-hmm. and you play and they knew the song, they have to know the song, and you ask them, is there a Beatles reference in the song other than John Lennon's glasses, would they know that he says she's a good teaser? I don't know. Would they know that's from Ticket to Ride? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. So, it, to me, I, I kind of like it because it's sort of an inside joke. Mm. I mean, it, it has an inside, high and inside kind of quality to it, which they know. <laughs> Obviously, they know because they wrote it, you know. Yeah. But I think and it's... And the song was co-signed by Paul McCartney. Who right. did the mannequin challenge to it. Exactly. And, and, I mean, I think it's a fine song. I, I don't really understand what he's talking about, but... I've tried to figure it out and I th- have theories, but, um, but yeah, I just, I always find it funny when people reference stuff and you just figure it just goes right over everybody's head. I had mm-hmm. to, po- I had to point out to my daughter who loves the song. I had to point out to her, I'm like, this is what they're saying. This is why they're saying it. <laughs> and she's and what like, what did she say to she's that? She's like, oh, okay, I get it. And I'm thinking like, no, you don't, <laughs> but that's all right. You're at least pretending. And that's, I appreciate the, pre- the pretense. <laughs> So the number 1 album on the Billboard
0: 200 this week for your eyes oh only from J. Cole. Oh. The number 1 song on iTunes, Starboy from The Weeknd featuring Daft Punk. The number 1 album on iTunes, A Pentatonix Christmas. Yay. From Pentatonix. <laughs> so I guess they are the new Christmas a cappella group, no longer Straight No Chaser. Right. <laughs> and I think they were on one of those NBC shows like i i think some competition show a couple years ago they won right and now they're doing well and my wife made me download that album this week oh i said really really you're going she's like yeah i really she's like i know it's like an old lady thing to do but like download it for me <laughs> i said okay <laughs> download it for me <laughs> <laughs> and the number one song on spotify this week the brand new single from drake bake love Got the golden touch. Whenever he drops a single, automatically number one on Spotify. Bam. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, Lyle and I don't have our music picks of the week. We have our music picks of the year.
2: Black Beatles in the city. Be back immediately
4: to confiscate the money. All right, girl. Wow. I will. You sent
2: flowers, but you said you didn't receive Mike that girl is a real crowd, please Small world, all her friends know of me Young bull living like an old geese Quick, release the cash, watch it fall slowly Crack girl still trying to get it To explain I'm a, I'm a Black Beetle Cream seats in the regal and John Lennon Liz is like to see him spread. Eagle took a beer to the club and let a party on the table, screaming, Everybody's famous. Like Clockwork, I blow it all. Then get some more. Get you somebody that can do both.
0: Everybody, Jim Shear and Lyle Presler on the season finale of the week in music. Our look back at 2016. Uh, Every week we give you our Music Picks of the Week. Today we give you our Music Picks of the Year. So Lyle, you, my friend, open my eyes up to Cake by the Ocean from DNCE. (laughs) And I want to make that my Music Pick of the Year. Uh, That's my single of the year. Okay. But my Music Pick of the Year is a song called Up to Us from the Bouncing Souls. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know what you're going to say about this song. You're going to say there's too many hoes. <laughs> I, I get that. Yes. There are a lot of hoes and woes in this song. But if I were to make, if I had time in my life, I would take video clips and photographs of all the great people we lost this year and I would put those images to this song. Because it pretty much echoes that sentiment. Listen, we've lost a lot of legends. We've lost a lot of heroes. Where do we go from here? And this was the year of loss. We lost David Bowie, Prince, Muhammad Ali, Arnold Palmer, Gordie Howe. We lost some big heroes in 2016. So my music pick of the year is up to us from The Bouncing Souls. There it is. There you up go. to us from the Bouncing Souls off their 2016 album, Simplicity.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's a great song. Um, and I think your idea of, of putting the visuals to it would be excellent. Yeah. It would go viral, right? I, I think it would definitely go viral. Yeah. It would be bigger than
0: any music video that they could make for the song. Uh, definitely definitely i mean but you, i don't i don't have time
1: well yeah and you'd also have to license all that stuff so that would be kind of a problem <laughs> yeah you'd have to go to all the normal licensing places to get the footage and the stills and the rest of it yeah i um i would also go with cake by the ocean um but what yes. what i what i sort of decided to do was for my pick of the year was not to try to look back and pick something from from the year but I was going to sort of celebrate the fact that in many ways and I know there's still issues and complaints but in many ways the last year to year and a half have really been the years of women in pop music. I mean mm-hmm. you've got Beyoncé, you got yep. Taylor Swift, you have got Sia, you got Miranda Lambert, Rihanna, you've got Rihanna, you've got Alicia Cara, you've got BB Rexa and Halsey, new one, new people coming in. Dea, 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 a big one, Dea. Um, Madonna, who has now surpassed everybody in terms of touring revenue. Um, and so I decided, because Camila is leaving the band, that I would go <laughs> with That's My Girl, the new single from Fifth Harmony. Um, in many ways, I kind of think it's more or less, whether you like it or not, it's more or less a perfect pop song. All right. Wow, that's your music pick of the year. Yep. All right,
0: here we go. That's my girl.
4: Who's been working so damn hard? You got that head on overload. Got yourself this flawless body aching out from head to toe.
1: Listen, I mean, the song—the song has as many nods to, or you could say theft, uh, as many nods to other famous pop songs as you can imagine. You've got Michael Jackson sounds in there. You've got Daft Punk "Get Lucky" in the uh, in the harmony. Um, what I, what I haven't liked about them a lot is that, the, like "Work from Home," I didn't really like because I thought it was just sort of too gimmicky. Well, do you remember that uh, Daniel Bedingfield song? Got to get through this. Yeah,
0: got to get through this. That the instrumental for that song was just a slowed down version
1: of that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. N- another reference. So it's clearly the writer writers of the song are kind of like tipping their hat to other things. But what I did, mm-hmm. what I also liked about it was there's no half baked emo piano stuff in it, <laughs> and there's no <laughs> guest rapper. Yes. Which is how about that? Which is something that I would really like to see less of in the new year. Yes, I mean, like, why couldn't
0: cheap thrills just be on the radio without Sean Paul?
1: Well, especially when, especially when, and 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 it's not always true. Like the Charlie Puth thing was for Fast and Furious was 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 fine because it was all very well integrated. The rap the rap was 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 good it fit in with the whole idea but sometimes i get the feeling that these so-called collaborations are just simply like hey we need to find a rapper we don't care what they write just stick it in and and yeah well it's just it's for exposure right oh yeah oh no i know why they do it i understand the marketing behind it but but a lot of times it's just sort of gratuitous and that bothers me because i think if you're going to do it then at least do it in such a way where you know hey we're all we all know what the song's about and we're all working towards to expli- you know explicating what we're trying to say here not just like i'm doing this you're doing that let's mix it together <laughs> you know it was a hilarious rap
0: feature when lady gaga came out she had the single just dance uh-huh. and colbie odonis <laughs> Was the, the hot flavor of the moment. So they put him on the track to do a little rap at the end. And years later, that must seem so silly because Lady Gaga is now Lady Gaga. And where in the heck is Kobe O'Donnell? Exactly. Yeah. And I was listening to Side to Side last night mm-hmm. from Ariana Grande featuring Nicki Minaj. Yes. And I think that song is so good. And then Nicki comes on at the end and raps. And I'm like, you don't even need that. No. No. Like it, you, you don't need it at all. And I get why they did it. But I... It'd be cool if they did, like, the, the Kanye thing where they would have a feature on, and then when the song became big enough, they just cut off the feature. They just ditch it. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, and, and so I'm, I'm I'm fervently hoping that if we're going to go through this, what, what I think now is a tired uh, musical concept, if you're going to keep some of it around, please try to like sit down with the person that you're working with and say this yeah. is the song this is what i'm trying to convey in the song can you figure out ways to convey what i'm talking about and i think most mm-hmm. the, most of the time most of the time it works but there's been a few that i've heard recently where i'm like what the hell are they doing <laughs> why and and you know why i mean and it's always and the other thing is it's almost always unless we're talking about the top tier it's almost always an artist on your own record label so mm-hmm. you know, there's yeah. a there's a quote unquote synergy there, um, but it just it's it's really tiresome at this point. And that sometimes
0: shoots an artist in the foot because I remember uh, Christina Perry uh, had Ed Sheeran collaborate with her on a song. It was called "Be My Forever." It was my favorite song off her last album. Mm-hmm. And every time I saw Christina Perry, I said you gotta drop that as a single. Right. When are you gonna drop it? And she's like, well, I can't because contractually Ed has to put out two singles off his album before I can release that as a single. And it came to the point where she was never able to release it as a single. Wow. And she wrote it with, um, I forget his last name. His name was Jamie and he was in Graffiti 6. Oh, okay, yeah. She wrote the song with him and I said, well, why don't you just have him sing it? And she's like, I know, I know. You could have released it anytime you wanted to. Right, so yeah, the blessing and the curse of the feature. So uh, Lyle, we will take. Uh, I guess this is our last break the last of break. 2016. Yeah, when we come back, we will play. Ask Lyle.
3: This year, especially because I'm, because I have a little daughter, so we, we play a lot of Christmas music, and I'm re-listening to a lot of Christmas songs, and I I didn't like. There's one song that I've realized the lyrics they're so beautiful, despite the insane logic problems of it. If you look, well, the song The Little Drummer Boy. Little Drummer Boy. Little sure. Drummer Boy. Beautiful song. But when it starts off, it's this he's a little drummer boy. He's poor, like most drummers. And um, <laughs> he's uh, sorry, I have musician friends. They're all broke. <laughs> he sees three wise men and they're all decked out. They look great. Right. And he's like, wow, where are you guys going? And they go, we're going to go give a gift to a king. And the little boy goes, I don't have anything nice to give to a king. You're like, oh, he's a sweet kid. He's a sweet good-hearted kid. So he follows the three wise men. They get to the manger, and it's Jesus. And and he's poor. He's broke. And the little drum boy goes, oh, I'm poor, too. You know what? I don't have anything I can actually give. You know what I can do? I can play my drum for him. Which, that's the first logic hiccup of the song. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. I have never gone like, oh, my God, she will not settle down and go to sleep. Does anyone have a percussion instrument or <laughs> like, like half a can of coffee beans we can shake in her face you cannot play the drum and exactly, exactly like where were you when my baby had the croup Neil Pert? so <laughs> then the little drummer boy drums and puts the baby Jesus to sleep that's like A plus drumming like if you that's like drummer's final exam like drum this baby to sleep right 45 minutes and you're the greatest drummer ever exactly yeah you get your uh, show your work or basically so then right before the baby Jesus goes to sleep he looks over at the little drummer boy, and he smiles and nods. Which, technically, that means the first thing Jesus blessed was the little drummer boy and his drum. Now, I'm assuming the little drummer boy, he grew up and kept gigging around Bethlehem with a different band. <laughs> and like when they were sitting there going, you know, we're, we're doing a wedding. They just want little short songs, and it's like an 18-minute drum solo. You know, it's really self-indulgent. He's like, yeah, well, I see what you guys are saying. That makes sense. Um, really quick. Hands up, who's been blessed by the Son of God here? Is it? It's still just me. Yeah. So the drum solo is going to stay, and the name of the band shall remain Drumgasm. So there we go. Man.
0: Wow, that was it. The last time that we will uh, come back from a break in 2016.
3: <laughs> mark you
4: know
0: what? mark it. Mark doing... it
1: down on your calendar. It's a little notation. We're,
0: we're we're guilty of it right now, Lyle. But I am so sick of these these countdown shows.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Best of two thousands. Oh, two thousand sixteen. I had I had this I had this friend, and and every year around about this time, he would send out to an email list, you know, his top ten movies, his top ten songs, his top ten <laughs> metal records, his top ten, and it just got to the point where I mean, and I think I think maybe we did we we sort of stopped being friends. Because at a certain <laughs> point, I kind of said, why do you do this? Like, it's just the height of arrogance. <laughs> and I realized it really wasn't. Like, he wasn't trying to, he wasn't being arrogant about it. It was sort of like, hey. It's, it's almost like that letter that, you know, that, that it's lampooned all the time. But, you know, the letter you write to everybody. It's been a real I big know. year in the Pressler household wait i have a question about those
0: letters so if you ever wrote one of those letters would you write in first person or would you write in third person oh that's a good one because i i've had some friends send me letters in third person and they said oh like john and michelle had a wonderful oh, year. Yeah. i'm like no just say i had a wonderful year you're obviously writing it <laughs>
1: It just makes it creepy. I'm like, no, just say we had a great year. Have you ever read the one that David Sedaris made up? No. Oh my god, I think it's I think it's in his it's it's in the book uh, Me Talk Pretty Someday. Um, but it's just <laughs> like it's one of these things, and it's just all about I get the, the basic premise is you know the woman is writing the letter, and her husband has rediscovered his you know Vietnamese thing when he was in Vietnam and she's come to live with them. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's just the most insane thing. And it captures so perfectly the, the horror of those things, because well, I mean, you know, you know, John went in for a colonoscopy and found out that he had some polyps. You know, it's, it's, I mean, why? But it goes to the idea, and and of course this is pre-internet, but it goes to the notion that somehow or another we have this burning desire to let everyone else know what we're doing. And I I actually don't want you to know what I'm doing. Okay, not <laughs> not, not, be- not because there's anything wrong with it. It's just that. I don't think you want to know, and even if you do, and if you do, then you're a horrible person. So I just sort of feel like just stay away from that. And so I think these top ten lists, in many ways, are kind of the same thing. I mean, do I really want to know what you spent all of your leisure time work, you know, listening to? Not really. Not really.
0: So you're not going to listen to my uh, my year end. Uh podcast of course i will my favorite songs. of course i will but that's because yeah, that, the, that's that's because one it gives thing me, i'm guilty of doing well it
1: gives me ammunition to ridicule you with so like <laughs> i have to i have to keep up on that stuff yeah yeah so i guess i
0: am a hypocrite because we have just done a uh, a year-end show and i recently posted a uh, a year-end podcast of my top 20 or so favorite songs of 2016.
1: But it doesn't make you a hypocrite, really. I mean, you know. And and by the way, if there are people out there who really, really, really want to know what Jim Shearer's top 10, 15, 20, 80 songs were, then they're satisfied, right? They're satisfied. Exactly. That being said,
0: though. Give the people what they want. I'm ready to move on to 2017, and I I can't wait to take down my Christmas tree. (laughs) So that leads us to ask Lyle.
2: Ask Lyle
0: a Christmas question, Lyle. Hmm. I could ask you about New Year's resolutions, but I- I'm more curious about this. So you have a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I would imagine. Does Santa Claus still stop by your house? I would think not. Oh, oh. Or do the parents? Oh no, the no. She, give the presents. She's
1: still she's still on that on that. Yeah. Okay. So, and I'm trying to keep that alive uh, as long as possible.
0: My wife and I had a little disagreement. So I grew up in a house where the big present was unwrapped, set up, and ready to play. Mm-hmm. Like my dad got me an electric football game mm. for Christmas one year. I got one too. The Steelers. Yeah. The Steelers and the Cowboys. Oh, I had lined exactly the same. Play. No, you're
1: kidding. <laughs> I had exactly the same one. Yes. Steelers and
0: Cowboys. Yes. <laughs> well, they played in the Super Bowl twice right, in the 70s. Right, And then I had uh, one of those rod hockey games where it was opened and I was ready to play. And it was great because you would come down, you would open your stocking, mm-hmm. and then you would turn the corner and you would see your toy. Yeah. So my son uh, wanted Gotham City Center for Christmas. And we we did our Christmas last weekend because we're traveling to Pittsburgh and Santa will hit up Pittsburgh with the smaller stuff Gotcha. on Sunday. And my wife said, Well, why don't you wrap it? And I said, Well, because he can play with it. And she's like, huh, Really? So, my question for you is, Lyle, do you wrap the big present or do you have it set up already? You have it set up.
1: You, you right, definitely, so you're have, with me. you you're definitely with me, have it, man. Yeah. You definitely have it set up. And there's a couple of reasons for And it's so funny that you said it because my wife, who's Jewish, um, never had Christmas um so d- didn't understand any of it and the first couple of years she's like well wait a minute what are we supposed to do here and and i was trying to explain to her okay well you need you don't don't put stuff in the stockings like a week and a half before you got to mm-hmm. put the stuff in the stockings that night that's why mm-hmm. we that's why we stay up and drink brandy okay i mean that's the whole thing you know because we're busy one 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 christmas a few years ago i had to assemble an entire barbie house and that thing took me four hours. It was like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but yes, you have to set it up because the idea here is is that Santa, yeah, sure, there's rat presents, and some smarter kids, even at a young age, figure out well, well, some presents come from the parents. And I've kind mm-hmm. of ex- I've explained it away by saying, well, Santa can't do it all. Like Santa will send us the stuff in boxes, yeah. and then we have to put it mm-hmm. together. Okay, I mean, it's not it's yeah. not possible for Santa to just do everything. Um. But the the big stuff has to be out and ready to go because that's the way Santa would deliver it. He wouldn't. He wouldn't deliver you a bike that had to be. Your 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 parents would have to spend four hours putting together. He'd set it up. That's the magic. That's the whole magic of it. And And she said, do you like
0: that? And I'm like, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Are you
1: kidding? When I, I can remember coming downstairs and there was like a, there was a, a, a lost in space robot, like sitting there out of the box, ready to go. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, I have the robot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to do that. It has to be a, but a mixture of them so that you have the stockings, you have the presents that need to be opened. And then you have the stuff that's just laying out there, like big as life, like. Yeah, it's a wow factor that you have to go for. The other thing, so I, you got me on this. Yeah, you got yeah, I've back. totally got your back. The other thing I'd like to point out is that f- for the first time that I can remember, although obviously it's not the first time, Hanukkah starts the same day as Christmas. Mm-hmm. So they're lined up perfectly, which in my household, yeah. which in my household is a really important thing because sometimes it's like kind of weird, you know? It's like Oh, we start doing Hanukkah, like, on the 17th, and then, you know, and then by the time we get to Christmas, it's like, oh, God, the presents, you know, they keep coming. But but the only thing I would say is that Chinese restaurants all across the country are in deep trouble now, right? Because that's the joke. I mean, it's not really a yeah. joke. I mean, it's actually true. So, yeah. you know, so it's going to be a bad time for Chinese restaurants. Because mm-hmm. it's cause the, cause the Jewish people are going to be going, no, we're home, man. We're home. It's Hanukkah. <laughs> We're not going out <laughs> to the buffet. <laughs> I,
0: I want to pick your brain about one more thing sure. before we call it a year. And my wife actually so she we we had a, a differing opinion on leaving the big presents out. But she brought up a good point this year. We went to the Christmas spectacular at Radio City Music Hall. Okay. And there's a scene where there's a mountain of toys and there's wooden horses and jack in the boxes. And wooden bikes and my wife looked over at me and she said, when are we going to get past this? Like kids don't freaking like wooden horses and wooden bikes and jack in the box. They like Barbie dolls and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So when on TV and in Christmas cards
1: and in Christmas lore we get done with these wooden toys? Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting that you say that. I, I can understand where she's coming from. The problem is is that those things translate really well on stage, and putting, an, <laughs> putting like an Xbox there just doesn't. Um, it, it, it's a convention, but it's interesting about conventions. I, I, I heard this uh, a little while ago that up until a certain point, not that long ago santa claus was actually pictured wearing different colored suits yeah there was a purple suit a green suit whatever the red suit santa was a consensus vote essentially in culture that it should be red and it took a long time for that to happen um and you can go back and find old postcards where santa's got like some you know b- blue suit on and you're going, like that can't mm-hmm. be santa <laughs> I mean, yeah, where's the it's the Coca Cola Santa? Right? Exactly, and so you these conventions die hard. I think because people just sort of the comfort of what you know. So the the wooden and I, but I totally can understand where she's coming from because it's like really a wooden rocking horse. How long would that get played with? <laughs> like, yeah, that's great. Thanks a lot. Where's in all those movies? Where's the, the damn Ellen hoverboard? The where's the hoverboard? Yes. <laughs> but yeah that's an interesting observation she's absolutely right and of course all of it though is is so ridiculous and because i mean if you think about it all that symbolism other than the religious symbolism which is different in a different category all that stuff is just based on convention that most of us don't even know the history of like why do we even have a tree well there's a reason but but the whole tree thing is weird you know, and Did you ever hear uh, Jim Gaffigan's
0: thing on trees? No. He's like, it's a thing a drunk man would do. <laughs> hey, honey, here's the tree. Let's put lights on it. I cut it down and dragged it
1: in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the behavior of a drunk man. But you know, But the interesting thing, too, is that all of this stuff is actually important to our economy. Think about what would happen if tomorrow morning everybody went like, well, we're not doing trees anymore. I know. I mean, an entire part of our economy in December would fall apart. And all those people wow. would be unemployed. <laughs> yes. So sometimes you keep these things alive, like the National Football League, just to employ people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys, you were looking good for a while. And oh. Then, yeah, you lost. Oh. Yeah. You know, the fortunate thing was I had something to do that night no- on Monday night. So I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't home to watch it. Yeah. Because I would have watched it and I would have because I have this thing where I'm so happy that I, I moved to up here and therefore I don't see the Redskins play at all. Although they've been on a bunch this I year. I know, and that's because they did well last year. But next year they won't be, which is great. So they'll play the Giants twice and I'll have to watch those games and they'll probably play one other national game. And that's it, because I feel obligated to watch when they're on, but if they're not, I don't pay attention to it at all. So, do you like those yellow pants? um, Well, the yellow pants have a history. I mean, yeah, I kind of
0: like the red ones better. The
1: red ones are better, but I I, I like in the old days. I kind of like when they really were gold. They really they look they look different because it's burgundy and gold. It's not supposed to be burgundy and yellow, or Mm -hmm. or a shade of red and yellow. (laughs) <laughs> rooting for a shirt man rooting for a shirt <laughs> that's what we're doing well uh happy holidays
0: lyle you too have a great yeah, have a w- great one yeah thank you and uh when we get the chance we'll have to is that beatles movie still at your theater or did we miss that
1: boat i think we missed that boat oh okay it's going to well, be a it's going to be a pay-per-view
0: oh and and before we go it was an honor Sharing the stage with you in 2016.
1: Yes, that was that was one of my big highlights of of, of the year. In fact, I was Professor Booty in the short Show. I was uh, getting my hair cut, and I I ran into these gentlemen, uh, and they were tangentially uh, a you know a part of punk rock or whatever. And they were talking to me, and I said, they said, "Oh, do you do you play anymore?" You know, it's always the question. That's all. Everybody asked me the same thing. So, do you play anymore? Like as if, and I always think to myself, like, well, what is, it, what do you mean? Do I play? Do I, do I, do I know how to play? Do I, do I know how to, you know, do I, or do I actually do it every day, or do I do it professionally? And I said, well, no, I don't, but I did, and you know, I, I tell them the story, and and it's a great story.
0: Yeah, it was a good time. People
1: seem to really like it, so that's cool.
3: Yeah,
0: I enjoyed yeah. it. Oh, oh, and another thing. <laughs> Because we had our Christmas last week, I actually got a Christmas gift with you on it. It was uh, Glennie Friedman's book, My Rules. Ah, and you were on the uh, the back cover of it. There you go. Yeah. 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 So like, oh, there's Lyle. Hey, all right, cool. Yeah. All right. And on that, that note. could open up a whole nother yeah. <laughs> So, uh, thank you guys uh, for listening every week to the Weekend Music with Lyle and Jim. We'll be back next year. So, for Lyle Presler, my name is Jim Shear. Happy holidays! Oh, ladies and gentlemen,
3: Elvis has just left the building.